Welcome to another look into the life and message of Elizabeth Elliot as she called us to live to a higher standard each day. Not satisfied with just throwing a little religion into life as a shallow substitute for giving God our best. As this series continues in the coming weeks, we'll hear from family, friends, and others who are influenced by Elizabeth's life and message. Today we begin a a short series on hymns. Elizabeth loved hymns, and we'll have some well-known songs such as uh, Trust and Obey and Beneath the Cross of Jesus today. And uh, we'll also hear from two friends of Elizabeth, grandmother, mother, friend of Elizabeth, Kathy Gilbert, will talk about hymns and heaven. And Samantha Lagoy helped Elizabeth and during some of her last days, and she'll talk about an act of kindness Elizabeth uh, showed at a time when she was in pain. That coming up later. First, though, it's Gateway to Joy 50. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. You are loved with an everlasting love. That's what the Bible says, and underneath are the everlasting arms. This is your friend, Elizabeth Elliot, beginning today a series on the great hymns of my life. I've talked about how much hymns have meant in my life, and you've heard me quote hymns many, many times on this program, but it would be impossible for me to exaggerate the importance of hymns in my background, in our family life, and in my devotional life. My spiritual training has been shaped by hymns. I learned theology very painlessly by singing the great hymns of the church, and my parents as some of you know, gathered us together every morning after breakfast at least five days a week, uh, probably six days a week, in the living room to sing a hymn, and we would sing straight through a hymn book. Every night, up until we were probably eight or ten years old, one or the other of our parents would tuck us into bed individually, and there were six of us children in the family, so it was a major job for them to take time with each child and sit on the bed with us and and sing to us and pray with us and sometimes go over some scripture verses. So this little hymn was the one that I went to sleep on. It's written by Mary Duncan, and it goes like this. Jesus, tender shepherd, hear me. Bless thy little lamb tonight. Through the darkness be thou near me. Keep me safe till morning light. Now, if you can't sing any better than I can, that's good enough for your children, you know. Both my mother and father had perfectly good voices. They would neither of them have won prizes. They were not opera singers. But my mother had quite a lovely soprano voice. She could sing soprano or alto. And my father had just a good, strong, plain man's voice. And I do love to hear a good, strong, plain man's voice. You don't have to have a great baritone or a great bass. But even if you can't sing a note, you could teach your children even just the words of these hymns. If you play a guitar or a recorder, or even if you play the piano with one finger, that would help. But isn't that a beautiful little hymn for a child to go to sleep on? Jesus, tender shepherd, hear me. Bless thy little lamb tonight. 
Through the darkness be thou near me. Keep me safe till morning light. And often we children would just say the words, even if we didn't sing them. And I remember one time when I was putting my baby sister to bed. She was uh, probably about two. She was old enough to talk anyway. And I was nine years old at that time, so I was often asked to put one of the smaller children to bed. And as I was putting her to bed, it was a very cold night, so I had told her to get under the covers and say her prayers. And so while she was saying her prayers, I was putting a blanket over her. And this is the way her prayer came out. Jesus, tender shepherd, hear me. Bless thy little lamb tonight. I don't want that cover. She wasn't being very reverent, but children very often aren't. And nevertheless, the words sink deep into their hearts. One of our favorite hymns in family prayers was the hymn which tells everything about the Christian life in two words. Those two words are trust and obey. When people ask me, what is the kernel of the message that I want to give to people in books, in radio programs, and when I go to speak, this is what I tell them. The bottom line comes down to trust and obey. And that old hymn has some great spiritual help for all of us. I'll just read you the words. It's written by John H. Samus. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. That's the chorus. Second stanza, not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, but his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt nor a fear, not a sigh nor a tear can abide while we trust and obey. Now understand that the hymn writer is not saying a shadow never rises and there are no clouds in the sky and there are no fears or doubts or sighs. But what he is saying is when those things rise, then the simple little formula of trust and obedience brings his smile and his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt nor a fear, not a sigh nor a tear can abide while we trust and obey. And even when I have been in my times of deepest sorrow, within the first hours after I knew that I was a widow, I have found that to be true. Just trust and obedience, doing the next thing, I have found to be deliverance from sorrow and soothing comfort. Third stanza. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toil he doth richly repay. Not a grief nor a loss, not a frown nor a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who will trust 
and obey. Then in fellowship sweet we will sit at his feet or will walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do. Where he sends we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. If you teach your children that song, they will learn more out of that and it will stick with them far longer than any of your exhortations. I can guarantee that because I have had that experience. My parents were very faithful in teaching us and correcting us and punishing us and rewarding us and encouraging us and reading us the scriptures. But the great thing they did was to teach us these hymns. And I want to go back to that fourth stanza. We never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. There's that basic principle of surrender. Just give it all to Jesus. What is your greatest burden today? Give it to Jesus. What's your fear right now? What is the thing that is the greatest terror in your mind? Put it on the altar. We never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. What else are we to put on the altar? Our bodies are meant to be a living sacrifice. How do we treat that body? What are the bodily desires that we are so eager to have fulfilled? Can you continue to pursue that desire and put your body on the altar? Just remember, when we withhold anything from God, we are depriving ourselves of his full blessing. We never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay, for the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Trust and obedience are the gateway to joy. Trust and obey, one of uh, Elizabeth's favorite hymns. We're going to hear again about uh, a hymn, actually maybe a couple hymns in just a little bit. First, though, we hear from Samantha Lagoy. She helped uh, take care of Elizabeth in her last days, and she talks about an act of kindness. Elizabeth was in pain, but still, she took time. Shortly before she passed away, a few months, I was just filling in for a short time, and, and I remember we knew that she wasn't going to make it much longer and just struggling with that it through the night one night and getting up in the morning and i was still fighting tears and and just being willing to release her and to be okay with her dying and i remember walking in in the morning and getting her up and sitting her on the side of the bed and i think she could just she could feel and sense that i was struggling and I think she even knew what I was struggling with. And I just remember she wrapped me in a big hug and she just held me close. And it brought tears to my mind because I remember thinking, here she was in pain and struggling with different aspects of what she was going through. And here she was looking beyond her pain, looking beyond what she was going through and comforting me, one of her caretakers. And it just, it, 
it touched me in an amazing way. And I look back to that moment with such special memories, knowing that that is who we are supposed to be in Christ. Always looking out for the other person, encouraging the other person. She wasn't self-centered. She wasn't focused on what she was going through. She was always, even in those last moments, looking for ways to encourage those around her and just building up the body of Messiah. And I think that is one of my most precious moments that I've had with Elizabeth. That was Samantha Lagoy, one of the caretakers for Elizabeth in her last days. Well, we continue our short series on hymns. Now we have Gateway to Joy 51, Beneath the Cross of Jesus and Spirit of God. Do you love the great hymns of the faith? So did Elizabeth. In so many churches, so few hymns are known. It's just the modern choruses and scripture songs, and I certainly have nothing against the scripture songs, but they aren't as memorable. They don't have the kind of tunes that are nearly as memorable as these old hymns. And it's much more difficult to remember the words, too, because there's not the same kind of meter. Poetry is the easiest thing in the world to memorize because of its meter. And I notice that many of these modern hymns and songs do not have either memorable tunes or memorable meters. So I'm recommending that if you don't have a hymn book, that you, by all means, try to get one. Maybe you can get an old hymn book that your church is about to discard. I remember when I was a student in DuBose Academy in Orlando, Florida, before the school moved out to Zellwood, Florida. It was during World War II, and there was a huge air base in Orlando at the time. And the director of the school, Dr. DuBose, and his wife, Mrs. DuBose, decided to start a Friday night Bible class for the servicemen, the uh, Army and Air Force men that were stationed around Orlando. And so they would send out their cars to the bases and bring these men to the class. And we high school kids had to be hosts and hostesses. And we had to mingle with them and be nice to them and be hospitable. And we served lemonade or orangeade or orange juice and cookies or something. And then we would play games. And then Dr. DuBose would teach a Bible class. And I can remember those packed and jammed evenings. Uh, This was in a beautiful old mansion. It was called Moody Manor, which had been donated to the school. And this is where they had that Bible class. It was a very, very beautiful house. And there was a grand piano. And somebody would be sitting at the piano playing. And the rest of us would be jammed just like sardines into these rooms around this piano. And I remember thinking of these words at the time. Beneath the cross of Jesus, I fain would take my stand. Now that's old English, fain would take, means simply I deeply desire to take my stand. The shadow of a mighty rock within a weary land, a home within the wilderness, a rest upon the way, from the burning of the noontide heat and the burden of the day. Upon that cross of Jesus, mine eyes at times can see the very dying form of one who suffered there for me. And from my smitten heart, with tears, two wonders I confess, the wonders 
of his glorious love and my own worthlessness. And when I look at the cross, I see these two wonders, the wonders of his glorious love and my own worthlessness. Another stanza says, I take, O cross, thy shadow. For my abiding place, I ask no other sunshine than the sunshine of his face, content to let the world go by to know no gain or loss. My sinful self, my only shame, my glory, all the cross. And as I stood there by that piano, jammed in with all those servicemen and the rest of the kids in the school, at the age of 14, 15, I was thinking of that phrase in this hymn, I ask no other sunshine than the sunshine of his face, content to let the world go by, to know no gain or loss. And I had to say, Lord, I'm lying. I want many other kinds of sunshine. I want worldly gain. But I began to make this hymn a prayer of my life, that the Lord would help me to desire to follow him thoroughly, purely, and exclusively. And I do believe that God has been answering that prayer over the years since then. I really do believe that I can sing those words quite honestly, content to let the world go by. And the stanza that they've left out is, O safe and happy shelter, O refuge tried and sweet, O trysting place where heaven's love and heaven's justice meet. As to the holy patriarch a wondrous dream was given, so seems my Savior's cross to me, a ladder up to heaven. And that's a wonderful thing to think of the cross as a safe and happy shelter. And when we're most deeply conscious of our sins, we can run to that safe and happy shelter and to the blood that cleanses. I find it a shelter. And then another hymn that began to speak to me very clearly when I fell in love. Spirit of God, descend upon my heart. Wean it from earth. Through all its pulses move. Stoop to my weakness, mighty as thou art, and make me love thee as I ought to love. I ask no dream, no prophet ecstasies, no sudden rending of the veil of clay, that veil of clay meaning, of course, the, uh, this human body, no, no sudden departure from this life, no sudden rending of the veil of clay, no angel visitant, no opening skies, but take the dimness of my soul away. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I would like to have some visions from God, some prophet ecstasies. I'd love to have an angel visitant, wouldn't you? Although I guess it might be terrifying. I'm not asking for the skies to unroll as a scroll, except when Jesus comes, and I ask for that all the time. Please come, Lord Jesus. But as this hymn writer says, and his name is George Crowley, take the dimness of my soul away. Third stanza, hast thou not bid us love thee, 
God and King, all, all thine own heart, soul, and strength, and mind. I see thy cross. There teach my heart to cling. Oh, let me seek thee, and oh, let me find. And this is the stanza that really got me right down where I lived when I was just desperately praying that the Lord would give me Jim Elliot for a husband. And I had no inkling that Jim Elliot cared for me. Fourth stanza, teach me to feel that thou art always nigh. Teach me the struggles of the soul to bear. To check the rising doubt, the rebel sigh. Teach me the patience of unanswered prayer. There were certainly times when my doubts were rising and my rebel spirit was sighing and saying, Oh, Lord, are you ever going to give me a husband? Oh, Lord, do you really want me to be a single missionary? Oh, Lord, what about this man, Jim Elliot? Is there a chance in the world that he would ever look at me twice? Teach me to feel that thou art always nigh. Teach me the struggles of the soul to bear. To check the rising doubt, the rebel sigh. Teach me the patience of unanswered prayer. And the fifth stanza. Teach me to love thee as thine angels love. One holy passion filling all my frame. The baptism of the heaven-descended dove my heart an altar, and thy love the flame. If you learn to sing hymns, if you memorize the words and pray that the Lord will help you to be able to pray the prayers in these hymns honestly, God really does do that. God does answer our prayers. You know, he really loves to answer prayers like this. Can you imagine a God who is love not listening to a child who prays, teach me to love thee as thine angels love. He longs for our love, just as an earthly father, but ever so much more than an earthly father longs for the love of his child. Memorize hymns, sing hymns, teach hymns to your children. You'll be amazed at what it will do for your spiritual life. That was Gateway to Joy 51, hymns beneath the cross of Jesus and Spirit of God. Well, before we go, we get to hear from Kathy Gilbert, Kathy's wife, mom, and grandmother, and friend of Elizabeth. On this program where we've been thinking about hymns, Kathy has some thoughts about hymns and about heaven. One of the things that I appreciate about Elizabeth is she loved hymns. And Often when I'd be sitting near her in um, one of her speaking opportunities, she would groan to herself because it wasn't a, that often it was these Christian uh, songs that were marvelous, but they missed out on these treasures that were the hymns. And during her silent years, I kept finding myself wanting to call her and tell her that we were singing the hymns that she loved so much at Calvary, and not because she was there, but because of her own limitations at that time. I didn't get to share that with her, but what was neat is to have God minister to me that now that she's healed, happy, and whole, and I have the confidence that we get to praise God together, and she is doing it in heaven, and I get to do it on earth. 
That was Kathy Gilbert, a good friend of Elizabeth. Well, it looks as though our time together is coming to an end. Let me thank you for letting us come into your home, your office, maybe along with you as you jog through the neighborhood, wherever we found you today. Thanks for letting us come along. And on behalf of the Elizabeth Elliott Foundation, in cooperation with the Bible Broadcasting Network, let me invite you to check out all the resources available at elizabethelliot.org. Lectures, talks, devotionals, videos, and more. That's at elizabethelliot.org. And maybe you could take a moment and leave a review for us wherever you happen to be picking up this podcast. We had one of our U.S. listeners write, The way that Elizabeth Elliot teaches is so clear and simple. The truths taught and explained in this podcast has changed my life. I don't miss an episode. I hope many others will listen in on this podcast. Well, thank you for your kind words. And friend, just a quick note would help maybe somebody else who hasn't yet listened to try out uh, our time together as well. And thank you for, for taking time for that. And until next time, may God remind you daily that you're loved with an everlasting love. And underneath are the everlasting arms.